Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Happy Monday morning, Father. Happy Monday morning. Happy day after Pentecost. The the challenge today is going to be keeping this, uh, you know, to, to we've been, <laughs> yeah. we had wanted originally to be for, at 30 minutes and then we've been averaging about 40, which is, which is good. If we keep it under 60 today, it's going to be pretty That'll good. Be... And, and this chit chat isn't helping. <laughs> no, it's not. So let's jump right in because we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, obviously, Pentecost, a, a, a major feast and just so much goodness in the mass yesterday in in, the, in your homily, and I know we want to get to Pope Francis's homily. So so let's go jump right in. I mean, yesterday we we had such a beautiful day. I mean, it's the the, the, the feast of the Holy Spirit, the solemnity of Pentecost, and and we and we thank God for having everybody there. It's been a year since we've been back. We saw, we opened up the churches on Pentecost Sunday last year, and I encourage you to read Archbishop Wenski's column in the Florida Catholic, and it's online at, at the uh, MiamiArch.org of asking for a new Pentecost. But yesterday I started off by by focusing on two elements that are present on the morning of Pentecost, which is wind and fire. And the mighty wind comes in, it opens up all the doors, opens up all the windows, the embrace of whenever, you know, I talked about loving being by, loving uh, to go by the seashore and being by the beach and just feeling the embrace of that sea breeze. You feel, at least I feel, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Then that image of fire, fire that purifies, fire that, you know, that uh, destroys what is old and allows what is new to grow. And we see that in nature whenever we have brush fires that are caused naturally, you know, from that ash, from what is charred, you always see that one little sprout of green coming out because something new is going to come out. The Holy Spirit gets rid of what is old and then focuses on what is new. And... Really, I did a deep dive in everybody. I encourage everyone to do a deep dive into the sequence that is sung um, right before the gospel. It's sung right after the second reading. And there were several elements of that sequence that I focused on. And it just so happens that that morning, yes, uh, Sunday morning, Pope Francis gave a master class of a, of a homily. We both have it here in front of us. Of you know, for Pentecost and about the Holy Spirit. And he touched on something that wasn't present in my mind when I prepared my homily early in the week, but it stuck with me when I was reading it very, very early yesterday morning and talked about the Holy Spirit, the Consoler, one of the titles that the Holy Spirit has, the Paraclete, the Consoler. The Holy Spirit, I just talked about that embrace of when we're sitting, you know, or standing by the seashore and feeling that embrace. And our Holy Father talked about Allowing yourself to experience the consoling aspect of the Holy Spirit. The paraclete is a comforter, he says. All of us, particularly at times of difficulty like those we are presently experiencing due to the pandemic, look for consolation. Often, though, we turn only to earthly comforts, you know, comforts that quickly fade. But today, Jesus offers us heavenly comfort. The Holy Spirit, who as a sequence says, is the comforter's of the best. So, what is the difference the Holy Father says? The comforts that the world provides. You know, it's like a pain reliever, he says. They can give monetary relief, but not cure the illness we carry deep within. 
excuse me, momentary relief. They can soothe us, but not heal us at, a, at the core. They work on the surface, on the level of the senses, but hardly touch our hearts. Only someone who makes us feel loved for who we are can give us peace to our hearts. And that's so important. Someone who loves us for who we are. It reminds me of that song uh, from Casting Crowns, Who Am I? Yep. Now, because of who I am, but because of, of who, who you are, are yep. that's why you love me. It has nothing to do with what I did. It has nothing to do with who I am. It has nothing to do with, I, with, with what I did. But because God is Father, Son, and Spirit, which is what we celebrate next Sunday, the Trinity, but because God, because of who He is, He doesn't care who we are. He created us. And even though we sin, even though we fall into the same traps over and over again, He gives us that comfort. The Holy Spirit, the love of God, does precisely that. Gives peace to our hearts. He comes down within us as the, whole, as the Spirit. He acts in our spirit. He comes down within the heart. As the soul's most welcome guest. I love that line. It is a line. <laughs> I love that line. I mean, and I mean, the, like you said, the sequence is, is just beautiful to, to meditate on. But that is part, one of the particular lines that, that has always stood out. Uh, you know, the soul's most welcome guest. And, and just to kind of backtrack a little bit of, of uh, how Pope Francis starts that. You know, so often we reflect on St. Augustine, you know, who, who was a disaster of a man before he became the great saint that he is. Uh, yeah, and, and in his confessions, he says, you know, I was seeking you out in all the wrong places. You know, I was seeking joy. I was seeking love. I was seeking peace. But I was doing it in all the wrong things and in all the wrong places. And that's, it just shone through so brightly in, in Pope Francis's homily there. Um, you know, be, because we do seek those comforts in the world. We seek it in fame. We seek it in money. We seek it in, in glory. We seek it in possessions and, and in having a nice house and having the latest car or the newest iPhone and at the end of the day, you know, that means absolutely nothing because we don't take any of that with us. Um, so, so again, that line of the Holy Spirit, the soul's most welcome guest, you know, that's, that's the richness right there. That's the truth. That's, that's what's going to give us exactly what we're looking for. And what God wants, us, wants to give us is himself. Especially souls that are broken. And I can tell you that in my priesthood over the last year, because of the pandemic and even, and even going before that, when you, when you encounter, but let's talk about right now because that's where, where we are right now. Because of what we've experienced the last year and three months, because of all the things that have been going on, so many people, whether it be through the sacrament of reconciliation or be through counseling or be after mass, you know, who come to me. Obviously, when a soul comes to you in confession, you know, it's because you're broken. Sure. When we, and I, and I said this yesterday at mass, when we... Uh, come to Mass, we recognize that we are broken from the very from the start, beginning. Yeah. You know, it says, let us call to mind our sins and acknowledge that we are sinners before we celebrate these sacred mysteries. So the Pope says, the Holy Spirit is the very love of God who does not abandon us for being present to those who are alone. It itself is a source of comfort. So he exists to provide comfort precisely for those who are broken. And you just think about, remember, this is God's spirit. This is Jesus' spirit that comes to us. You think about all the broken people that Jesus encountered in the Gospels. And we come to church. We pray when we kneel before our Lord, whether it be in church, whether it be in our homes, in our prayer corners, sometimes in the car, if you're listening to this right now, in the car, wherever it is that we pray, we always have to start from the point of we are broken and we need to be fixed. And so it really hammered home 
Jorge went in and when I was reading this yesterday morning, I said, I have to share this. I wasn't planning on it. And then when I read it, you know, during the homily, just to give you a little bit behind the scenes of what's going on in my head, I was reading what I'm about to read right now. It's just like, wow, this, this is a little deeper than what I read this morning. And, and this is where the Holy Father just, you know, just grabbed the broken souls in the world and said, listen to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit. And this is what he said. Dear sister, dear brother. I can hear him saying, dear Sarelli, dear fratelli. Okay. Dear sister, dear brother. If you feel the darkness of solitude, if you feel that an obstacle within, your blo- within you blocks the way to hope, if your heart has a festering wound, if you can see no way out, then open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Now, I read this yesterday at 10.30 Mass, and as I'm reading it, and I read that part, if you can see no way out, I kind of paused, because I realized the Holy Father is like basically diagnosing clinical depression right there. Because I have sat with so many people who have been depressed, or who are depressed. I have sat with people, uh, and you know, we have very limited training in psychology in the seminar. I, I, I said at the 5.30 yesterday, it's like, we get, you know, or at one of the masses, I said, we get two courses in pastoral counseling. But it's like, we don't have the training that, that psychologists do. Sure. But we have enough training to realize a person is depressed when they, real, when they think they're in a hole and they can't see no way out. So I'm reading this, and I say, if you can see no way out, then open your heart to the Holy Spirit. And I go, this is the Holy Father calling out to all of us, especially those who are broken, especially those who may be depressed, who may still be locked up in their homes, who may be afraid to go out, who may think, okay, everybody's saying the pandemic is over, but I don't think it's over. Sure. I need to stay home and watch the Mass on TV. And I was sitting with someone uh, the other day, forgetting what circumstance, I'm trying to convince her, come back to Mass. She was here at present, so I was able to talk to her, but she was still kind of hesitant, you know, She's still hesitant about coming in and being around people, but I'm like, you're here. You have to let go of the fear. Allow the Holy Spirit to transform that fear into courage, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, to be able to break out of that depression, to be able to break out of whatever it is, because see, the evil one delights, delights in us being afraid, delights in us having to stay home and not being able to receive Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And so what is happening here? If you feel an obstacle within you, blocks the way to hope. If your heart has a festering wound, because sometimes you think, oh no, I have a wound in my heart. I've, I've injured the Lord so much. I This cannot possibly be healed. Heal our fo- wounds is one of, the, one of the lines from the sequence. So we have to allow the Holy Spirit to heal us, but we have to give him our hearts in order for him to do his work. For sure. Yeah, and then he follows that up immediately with, uh, you know, comparing the... the the devil and the spirit of the Lord. And he says, the spirit of the Lord wants to raise us up. You know, and we see that in Jesus's ministry and we see that in our own lives, you know, so many times when, as, and, and he's got such a way with words and imagery, you know, but when we're in that darkness of solitude, when we, when we face those obstacles that block our way to hope, when we have the, the heart with a festering wound, when we see those, there's no way out you know, and have those feelings. So often it's, it, it's the Lord who literally raises us up and, you know, uh, Hopefully, for, for most cases, you know, a little light kind of goes mm-hmm. off and we go, oh, you know, there, there's the Lord 
you know, coming to my rescue, literally raising us up out of this hole, out of this darkness, um, because that's what he does. That's what he did in his ministry. You know, we, we think of the, uh, you know, the woman who was about to be stoned to death, you know, and, and literally reaches down and, and picks her up and says, you know, go on and, and sin no more. You're free. Yeah, and that's what the Lord wants to give us is that freedom. And, and we experience that in the Holy Spirit. You know, be, being open to him, and then uh, referring to the to the apostles, their only fear at that point was then not testifying to the love that they had received. You know, so yeah. they were locked up in that upper room, fearful for their, for their lives. They received the Holy Spirit, and now their only fear in the world is, oh man, I don't, I can't keep this to myself anymore. You know, I have to go out. I have to, I have to share this, and, and it would be, it would be the worst thing in the world to to not do that. And, and let's go deeper into that dichotomy between the Holy Spirit and the spirit of evil. Because the Holy Father, quote St. Bonaventure, says, Where the trials are greater, he brings to greater comfort, not like the world which comforts and flatters us when things go well, but derides and condemns us when they do not. The Holy Father says this is what the world does. And this is especially what the hostile spirit the devil does. First, he flatters us and makes us feel invincible. For the blandishments of the devil feed our vanity. To quote one of Al Pacino's greatest lines in The Devil's Advocate, in late 1997 or 98, I forget when it came out, with Keanu Reeves. And he says, vanity is definitely my favorite sin. <laughs> like my Pacino impersonation? You got it. I, I nailed it. It was okay. I could do better. We could, we could re-record it. We're not going to re-record it. But anyways. But, but listen, but vanity. That's where the devil... You know, presses our buttons for sure because he says, "Okay, especially I, nowadays." Well, no, because when people come to us and say, "You know, oh, you're the best, you're the greatest," you're like, "Oh, you prop yourself," and then all it takes is just one thing, boom, it brings us down. So the devil props us up; he flatters us. He and so he he flatters us, makes us feel invincible. Then he flings us down and makes us feel that we are failures. This is the Holy Father words. He toys with us. He and toys can, with us. can I just say how sure. how lovely it is that the Holy Father is literally calling out the devil so clearly. Oh yeah. He's been yeah. doing that from the very From first the first day of his But you know, how many how many times do we hear talk about the devil in in a homily? Rarely. Rarely. I mean, and I mean, I I mentioned him by name yesterday yeah. cuz I was talking about this 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 dichotomy yeah. because you have to call him up absolutely. Name. And because again, to quote another movie, Usual Suspect, Kevin go. Spacey. <laughs> Now, now you're in your. Now I'm on my roll. Okay, <laughs> okay. When he says, "Greatest trick the devil pulled off is what? Convincing the world that he didn't exist." Okay, and that goes plays beautifully into that movie. So we. I don't know if I, I pay attention to that, but now, now. I say this, and I want to. I want. I want to be very clear. I remember my family spiritual director saying to me one time, and I think it was to a group of people who was giving us a talk. Sometimes we give the devil too much credit. The old Flip Wilson line. Boy, I'm really going off on the pop culture today. The devil made me do it. Okay? And sometimes it's a cop-out. Yep. We give him too much credit. Not that he's not behind it. But it's sometimes we have to take our own... We have to take responsibility for the mistakes we made. So, but this is part of what the Holy Father... He toys with us. He does everything to cast us down. Whereas the Spirit... What you were saying, Jorge. That whereas the Spirit of the risen Lord wants to raise us up. Now... You've mentioned briefly about the apostles. It's not that their fears went away. The Holy Father mentions right. that. It's that now they have the Holy Spirit to be able to conquer their fears. 
See, he says, look at the apostles. They were alone that morning, alone, bewildered, covered behind closed doors, living in fear and overwhelmed by their weaknesses, failings, and their sins, but they had denied Christ. The years they had spent with Jesus had not changed them. They were no different than they had been. Then they received the Spirit, and everything changed. The problems and failings remained, yet they were no longer afraid of those, nor of any who would be hostile to them. They sensed, here's that word again, comfort within, and they wanted to overflow with the comfort of God before they were fearful. Now their only fear was what you said was that of not testifying to love they had received. Jesus had foretold this in John 15. The Spirit, the Advocate, the Paraclete, the Consoler will testify on my behalf. You are also to testify. That's John 15, 26 to 27. So this is something that is so important. So if you're listening to us right now, and I said this yesterday at the 10.30, I said at the 5.30, and I've talked about this ad nauseum on Twitter and in several homilies, and even in the reason why we're doing this podcast is it kind of like it was that podcast I did back in October with, uh, with my friend Irene Morales, who lives in New York, and we talked about depression, PTSD, and, and the consequences of that is that when I'm, when I'm reading that line from the Holy Father, dear brother and sister, if you feel the darkness of solitude, if you feel that obstacle, if you fee- see no way out, open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Last, this whole month is Mental, Her- Mental Health Awareness Month. I think last Thursday was Mental Health Action Day. Basically, it's, this is your call. If you're looking for a sign from God, this is it. If you need help, ask for help. Call your priest. Preface it by saying, we're not psychologists. I, you know, we don't have that magic wand in our drawer that makes your problems go away. We can give you what Peter said in the Acts of the Apostles. The only thing I have is Jesus Christ. And that's what we offer you. That's what we give you in confession. That's what we give you in the Eucharist. But don't think we have to detach and remove that stigma of going to see a mental health professional, be a psychologist, a counselor, a psychiatrist. Should be no stigma there. That is an illness. Just like if you have a cold, you go to the doctor, you get antibiotics. If you have mental health issues, you go to the doctor, say, Doc, who do you recommend? You know, in terms of mental health professionals, be a psychiatrist, be it a psychologist, be it a counselor. Walk with someone. Tell them what is blocking you. Tell them what you are fearful about. Tell them what is going on in that head of yours because it is very powerful. And you say, oh, no, I rely solely on God. Yes, but God places these beautiful people sure. in our paths to help us in our journey. For sure. And, and you know, the Pope, uh, if, if we kind of go a few paragraphs later, uh, he, he speaks to that when, when he says, you know, the Holy Spirit leads us to community. He, he, he invites us to look to the whole, not just the individual. You know, I've often heard my wife talk about, uh, you know, this silo mentality. And here we go. I hate you guys, right, because I mentioned her. Uh, but this silo mentality where we think we can do it all our, on our own, uh, you know, where, where I, I'm self-sufficient and I don't need anybody else. And, you know, and now with this work from home, you know, it, it's kind of feeding that too because, oh, I, I can do all my work from, from my computer, my living room, and my pajamas. So, you know, I don't, I don't need a, a community. I don't need an office. I don't need, you know, coworkers. And, and this is working just fine. But the Holy Spirit, you know, if, if we're going to go beyond that, you know, says look to the whole, look to the community, and, and we need each other, yeah, but, and, and we but, need to walk together. But this is where the sequence says, we're stubborn about this. Yep. I don't need help. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I, could, I can get out of this hole myself. 
one of the lines, one of my favorite lines from the sequence is, bend the stubborn heart and will. Because, you know, we are so stubborn when it comes to the spiritual life. Especially men. Okay? And we think, because we're men, we can do this on our own. Now, yes, I have encountered women as well. I think, I can do this on my own. I don't need the help of anybody. I can do this. I don't need God's help. I don't need anybody's help. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Whether you're man, woman, doesn't matter. We're all weak, okay, because of our sin. But the thing is that God raises us up. He wants to console us. Now, the Holy Father says, let us take it a step further. Because now, where does this fall in? I talked about what the Archbishop talked about yesterday. I talked about we need a second Pentecost. We need a new Pentecost, especially now coming out of this pandemic, which, you know, we pray that pretty soon the mass will come off and the churches and all that stuff. Can you people keep asking me that? It's like, folks, when the Archbishop when tells they, us yep. to, trust me, I will put a bonfire in front of the church. You can throw them in there on we your way. We will not hesitate. We will not go beyond a, a minute more than we have to. <laughs> exactly. It's like, don't worry about it. But how do, all right, so what do we do? Now asking for the second Pentecost. We too, he says, the Holy Father says, we too are called to testify in the Holy Spirit. Second reading yesterday, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That is our proclamation. That is our kerygma. To say to the world, Jesus is Lord. What Peter said that Pentecost morning. Jesus is Lord. He is the Messiah, the one promised to us. We have to announce him because he's the one that brings us our hope. So we have to become, as you know, if we're called to testify, we have to become paracletes. We have to become comforters says the Holy Father. The Spirit is asking us to embody the comfort He brings. So, how can we do this? Not by making great speeches, but by drawing near to others. Not with trite words, but with prayer and closeness. Let us remember that closeness, compassion, and tenderness are God's trademark, always. The paraclete is telling the church that today is the time for comforting. Today, it is more the time for joyfully proclaiming the gospel than for combating paganism. It is a time for bringing the joy of the risen Lord, not for lamenting the drama of secularization. It's a time for pouring out love upon the world, yet not embracing worldliness. It is more the time for testifying to mercy than for incul inculcating rules and regulations. It is a time of the paraclete. It is a time of freedom of heart in the paraclete. So what the Holy Father is talking about, and immediately when I read this yesterday morning, I thought about a line from the Advent readings, Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort. Bring comfort to my people. He's talking to Isaiah, but he's also talking to each and every one of us. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. So we have to be, we have to go out and be the comforters for those who need it. We have to go out and bring comfort to those who need it and bring comfort to those who need to come back to church. Say, come. Come with us so we can seek comfort because the church is a place of refuge. It is what the Holy Father has said many times. It is a field hospital sure. where right. we all go to get healed. You, you can almost hear him scolding us too, right? With, enough with the negativity. Enough yeah. with the, you know, the, the world is dark enough already. You know, the, yeah. it's, time for, it's time for freedom. It's time for joy. It's time for, again, the, the trademarks of his, of his entire papacy you know, where, where he started off, as we've mentioned, you know, his first encyclical, The Joy of the Gospel, where... And, and he's not just sugarcoating it, you know, but again, if, if we go deep, if, if we really understand 
what's happening, what the, what the Lord is doing in our lives, then yeah, you know, it, it is time for joy. It is time to, you know, bring someone to church and have them experience that too. It is time for, for freedom of, of the heart, as he says, you know, it's time to you know open ourselves to the Holy Spirit and let's see where he takes us because he's going to do more things in our life than, than we could ever imagine if if we allow him to. And And to bring him back to that symbol of wind, it's like, being in a vessel out at sea with sails, you are dependent on the wind yep. and you go where the wind takes you. And that's where we need to surrender to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, take me where you will. You know, allow me to go where you want me to go because we fight so hard. We want to turn that vessel around in a different direction. We want to go in a different path. We want to chart a different course where the Holy Spirit is always trying to send us where he wants. Listen, we're kicking, you know, we kick and scream like babies when the Holy Spirit takes us somewhere where we don't want to go. Even Peter, at the end of his life, okay, tried to avoid martyrdom, walked out of Rome until he saw the Lord, said, where are you going, Lord? Going to Rome to be crucified. And Peter realized, wait a second, I need to go back. For sure. Even Peter, after all that he had experienced at the end of his life, after receiving the Holy Spirit, after preaching the gospel, you know, the end to do all the way to Rome, try to avoid it. So, and, and listen, as someone who, uh, who has a promise of obedience, who has to be obedient to his bishop, who every time the archbishop has called him to leave one parish and go to another, I'm like, you have to pick up that call. And you, not only, no, I pick up the <laughs> or call. At least call. Or at least I mean, call I don't that. know what he's calling, I don't know what he's calling about it. Usually, you know, usually I have a clue, but it's like, you know that your life is about to change. Yep. And you can kick and scream all you want. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to overshadow you, you realize that this is where God wants you to be. I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about all of us. Because we all have a plan for our And that's fine. Making plans, great. Okay, but make them with the Lord. Sure. Lord, what do you want me to do? Because when you and Angie sit down, you say, what is our plan for our family? What is our plan for Lexi? What is our plan for MJ? Okay, what do you do? You do it as a family, but you do that in prayer. In prayer, yep. Because if you, if you say, oh, hey, we're, we're going to do this, and, and, and you leave God out of the equation, everything falls apart. The same thing for all of us. Because whenever I do something without prayer here in the church, it falls apart. That's why I begin every day with prayer. Close every day with prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. And that's in addition to Mass. You know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that, but that's why prayer is so important because, it can, you know, we talked about the vine a couple of weeks ago. It keeps us connected to the source. But in family life, it's even more important. Yep. Yeah, and and Pope Francis, again, we're kind of jumping ahead here, but but he, he mentions that, you know, and in one of his final paragraphs here is, if we give priority to our own projects, our structures... Our plans for reform. We will be concerned only about effectiveness, efficiency, and we will think only in horizontal terms. And as a result, we will bear no fruit. You know, beautiful line. If we're if we're just concerned about ourselves, we will bear no fruit. And kind of connecting to, to everything that we spoke about last week. You know, with with you know being open to the spirit and and bearing fruit for this world. And that's that's our call. That's our call. He the comforter is the best, and and he calls us to comfort this day, not only for ourselves, but calls us to comfort others. That when we take on these projects, whatever it is, and that's fine, 
to make plans. You know, we, we, we always have to be prepared, but we do that in union with the Lord, in union with what He has in store for us, and say, Lord, is this what you want for me? Is this what you want for my family? Because, like you said, you can do all these things, you can do all of that, but if it doesn't bear fruit, and if it, I mean, it, it's not going to bear fruit if it's not connected to the Holy Spirit who inspires us, who allows us to, you know, to pray and praise through it. Sometimes, you know, we, you know, are stuck in prayer. And they once asked in, in um, Crossing, the, Crossing the Threshold of Hope, which is a brilliant book by, by St. John Paul II, released in 94, 95. And it's basically an interview, a dialogue that he has with the journalist. And the journalist asks him, Holy Father, how do you pray? And John Paul II very quickly says, you would have to ask the Holy Spirit. Because I saw John Paul II once, but I never had, you know, I was, I was ordained during his pontificate, but I never had the honor, the blessing of celebrating Mass with, them, with him. But priest friends of mine who celebrated Mass with John Paul II, he would call priests, you know, into his private chapel, and they would get there. The Holy Father was already in prayer, 30 minutes before Mass started. 30 minutes would pass, go get ready for Mass. He would do Mass. Mass, daily Mass. Daily Mass, we do it in half an hour here. No, he would take an hour. Meditate upon each and every word. And then after Mass, another half hour in prayer. And it's so, and that's the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget when he came here to Miami. And this would be the day before the we went to the Mass. And I'm sitting there watching the Holy Father arrive at St. Mary's Cathedral with my mother on TV. And then they had prepared a spot in, and it's marked there in the chapel of St. Mary's Cathedral where the Holy Father prayed. And you could just see, and my you know, him, just his facial expression, because he had just come from a transatlantic flight from Rome to Miami, lands in Miami, sees the President of the United States, President Reagan, then goes to St. Mary's Cathedral. But when he sees the Blessed Sacrament, like his face immediately lights up. lights up. And then I remember my mom was clearly saying, it's like, she goes, it's like they're talking to each other. It's like he's listening. Okay, here's what I want you to do in the United States. This, 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 and this. Somebody asked me the other day, basically what the disciples asked Jesus, Father, I'm having trouble praying. How do I pray? And I'm like, and I remember it was a girl and she said, because, you know, I, you know, I, I, she used the word conversation somewhere in that question. I go, okay, take that word, conversation. When we pray, Allow the Holy Spirit to take you and converse with the Lord, just like you and I are conversing now, Hori. Converse with the Lord. Like at the end of the day, you had a bad day at work. You get in the car, turn off this podcast when we're done, and say, Lord, I had a terrible day, but let me take what you told me yesterday at Mass. How do I implement that in my life? Put it all in the Lord's hands. Yeah, and and, uh, if, if I can just jump in here really quick. You know, prayer doesn't need to be... You know, let me let me be in a quiet spot and begin with the sign it of the cross. I mean, so structured and, either, right? Or, or, or you know, an Our Father and a Hail Mary, and, and it has to be in this particular order. No, just you you could pray. You know, walking around the block, you can pray driving in your car in silence. You can pray sitting on a beach. You know, you, you could pray. Uh, you know, sitting on your couch. You don't even need to be on a beach. You can you could literally pray anywhere if we really understand that prayer is this conversation. Yeah, you know, and and. You know, God is is inside of us, so so we don't have to go looking for Him, you know, somewhere in particular. We can 
wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, we can pray. We can have that conversation because the Holy Spirit is there. He dwells within us and is, and is speaking to us and is, and is guiding us and is prompting us and is moving us forward. And all we have to do is say, okay, I'm, I'm going to open up my heart and open up my ears to what you have to, to say to me. And, let, and let's add another weapon into this arsenal when we're having trouble praying. Obviously, you go to the Holy Spirit. But today, the day after Pentecost, the Holy Father, a couple of years ago, designated as the Feast of, Marie, of Mary, Mother of the Church, Maria Mater Ecclesia. When you're having trouble praying, you go to Mary, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, and you say, Mary, help me to pray. And she who, you know, allowed the Holy Spirit to, to overwhelm her, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit the Word of God, Jesus Christ. I remember one of my spiritual directors telling me, when you have trouble praying, just say a couple of Hail Marys, and you'll, you see the Blessed Mother through her intercession, you know, asking the Lord, asking the Holy sure. Spirit to come upon you. And so it can become a conversation. Yes, it's a chore. Sometimes we have to persevere in it. But prayer, to go back to that word of comfort, is our source of comfort. We seek comfort in prayer. When we go to church, when we go before the Blessed Sacrament, we need to feel the consolation and the embrace of the Lord. The church is a place of refuge. You know, so many times, last night, you know, so many times we go in and, and we feel that refuge. But last night, you know, after I was done with the Mass, you know, some young man wanted to talk talk with him when he left. I was going to leave immediately and, and I saw the church empty. You know, and for a reason, the, the air conditioner was still on and you, you kind of like the whole image of wind come, comes, comes around again. I sat in the back of the church and the sun was setting, so you see the sun coming in through the, through the, through the glass doors of the church and just feeling the quiet. Our church is open all day from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Every single day, just come in. Just sit there in the silence. Let yourself be embraced by the Holy Spirit. Let yourself be consoled by the Holy Spirit. Whatever may be troubling you this day, my brothers and sisters, whatever may be holding you back, if you see no way out, as the Holy Father says, entrust yourself to the Holy Spirit. He is a great consoler. He is the soul's most welcome guest. He will heal your wounds, but you have to allow him. As the sequence says, bend the stubborn heart and will. Melt the frozen, warm the chill. That is so important. Give your heart to him and he will make of you something new so you can go out and be able, as the Holy Father calls us to, be able to console others during this time of pandemic so that we may be that consoler to others. After that, I mean, usually we do a, a smooth transition, but it's like, I actually I thought about that this morning. It's like you know we were so fired up and we have so many things, and I'm like, okay, what are, what are we going to talk about? This and there's plenty to talk about. It's It'll, a pretty packed weekend. It, it, yeah, but it was a forgetful weekend for the most part. Well, yeah. All right, so let's start with this. Um, I I have you know I don't know I don't have my my prayer book in front of me, but it's I, I think that sometime around eleven o'clock tonight I'll be giving. Extreme unction to the Florida Panthers. To the Panthers. Florida Panthers, yep. 
Um, bid them farewell. Um, it was fun while it lasted. It was fun while it lasted. We could go back to not caring about hockey after today. Uh, the no defense. We can't blame it. On, listen, when they're we can't blame it on the, on the on the goalkeepers because when they're trying thinking about putting their nineteen year old phenom, which I pray will will take us over the hump next year. Uh, but we have no defense. We have no defensemen. You know, thank God for Hubert or thank God for Barkov. Thank God for all the guys in the front line. Did I get those guys right? I think so. Jorge and I you're, could probably you're talking to the wrong guy. No, but know? we could probably rattle off more peep more names from the Marlins minor league system than from than Absolutely. actual players on the Florida Panthers. So tonight, you know, it's been a fun ride. If you're at the arena tonight, give them an applause. And seventy five percent. That's, that's going to be a no. It's going to be a crowd. raucous crowd in the arena, and you know, you know force, but to, force game six, and you never know what happens, and then you force a game seven back here at home. But I think tonight, tonight, and those who know us well probably know what we're doing here with all this talk about a funeral tonight for the Florida Panthers because we're doing the whole Duval effect on, on them. That's, all right? We hope, at least. We hope. Now, Saturday I had a wedding, so I could not see the, the Heat game. I did see the end of it. Saw Jimmy force overtime. Uh, did see the end of overtime. Uh, Jimmy stopped taking threes. Jimmy's great. Bam needs to, you know, Bam had a... Turnovers have, been, have plagued us the entire year. We gotta be, uh, we gotta get better. And you know, Tyler Hero needs to show up more. Sorry, Chuji, our, our wonderful vocalist from Five Thirty Mass, who adores Tyler Hero and her fiance thinks that she's gonna leave him one day for Tyler oh, Hero. Boy. No, she's not. She loves her fiance. But uh, I told her yesterday, right before I go, your boy better show up to, uh, on Monday night. She's like, she show. He's like, she like, gives me this puchera face and just said, <laughs> she show. He showed up. He goes, but he's so cute. I was like, okay, your your boy, your fiance's standing right here, right next to you, right next to you. <laughs> Chill with that Tyler Hero love, but she loves him, and she's probably and, and having a good old time and laughing. But uh, no, he needs to show up. And, but I think, dude, I think we're gonna take Milwaukee. Heat in five. Heat in five. We, sh- we should have taken that game. Now, best part of the weekend, Jorge, was? The Marlins, of course. Talk to me. Of course. Uh, should have won Friday. That, that was that a great was game. A, that was beautiful. I mean, that's baseball. Great, that's baseball. But it was but. a great game. They played great. But 18 strike, was I think it was 18 strikeouts, something? They struck out yesterday, a lot. Yesterday. Yesterday. No, 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 no. I'm talking about on Friday. On Friday, too. I don't, I don't remember Friday strikeout no, but I, count. But, no, I remember it was, it was high. But, I and mean, strikeouts left, on a hole in, in Sandy baseball. Sandy Leone, that strikeout in the extra innings was, was, was brutal. Runner on third, one out. I mean, yeah, at least Saturday, you had a walk-off homer. Walk-off homer. That was a bomb. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, uh, Cody Poteet. Who? Co- no, exactly. Exactly. I'm like, who? It's Cody, right? I think it's Cody. Yeah. It's Cody. Cody Poteen. Mm-hmm. You, you think know, Cody? Just... I think of Cody Ross. Yeah. Next week we'll be talking about the night, you know, the Marlins bullpen in the 1990s, and you know, we'll talk about that. But we totally can. We can probably speak more intelligently about that, that than we can about the Florida absolutely. Panthers. Absolutely. You know, but oh my God, we came into the season, you know, talking Sandy, talking uh, Pablo. We had uh, no, Sixto on the... And then know. Trevor Rogers, a revelation. And then here comes Cody Poteet, you know, three three uh, dynamic starts mm-hmm. and just, wow, took care of business yesterday. We're going to a game this week, and I, and I, I keep refreshing the phone to see who's in a pitch because right now, you know, except for those dreaded bullpen games, and that, and that was on Friday, but and I've been to one. It's it's it's. I mean, we won that game that I that I went to. That was a bullpen game. But my goodness, it's dreadful to watch because you're used to seeing a starter come in for sure. You know, for five six innings, and and they've had I think six instances where they've had guys go into seven innings, which is great. But Botit's been a revelation. Trevor Rogers, 
he's got to be up there for rookie of the year. Oh, yeah. And right now, we reach the quarter pole, okay? And the Marlins announcers gave the report cards, and they were just embarrassing, those report cards. They gave an A++ to the bullpen. And then the one, bullpen blew, blew up the that game night. night. Yeah, it was awful. But who's – if remember, one team, every team has an all-star representative. Who's your all-star on the team? Who do you send to, to Colorado? Oh, it's got to be a pitcher. That's the thing. It's, it's got to like, be a pitcher. It's got to be Trevor. One? And the thing is that Jazz, you know, is, is not – since he came off the, the I.L., I mean, I want him to go. He's still a rookie. He'll get there one day. But, yeah, it has to be. It's definitely not a hitter. <laughs> That's for sure. Unless you, unless you send that Apa power up there. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, you know, maybe they'll be invited to the home run derby. doesn't have that many home runs. No. On the road, he does. Is he, is or he Coop. Coop is warming up. Yeah, but Coop, you're not going to send the All-Star. No. I, I think that it's, I think it'll be a pitcher. But but hopefully Jazz Jazz has a good batting average. It's just that he's got he's to be more consistent. And, sure. it, and his defense is just beautiful to watch. And looking forward to that this week. And I have to mention this because I am transfixed every time there is a golf major. And we were watching in your office right before we came into the studio. Uh, yesterday, uh, I was in Charleston uh, with uh, your parents about a year and a half ago. And I didn't know that this golf course existed. Not that I would go play it, but just to see it. Yeah. There's this ocean course right on the, on the ocean. Absolutely beautiful. KY Island, I think it's what it's called. I thought it was a Hawaiian island, the way it's spelled, because it's such, and, I, and really, I thought, because I've been in Hawaii, and I go, did I visit this? No, it's in South Carolina. Nice. And Phil Mickelson, at the age of 50. 50. That was impressive. And like, I'm thinking of superstar. I'm 50. I'm 50 years old. <laughs> you know, uh, Molly Shannon, knowing character. But that was incredible. And then that mob scene, you know, we were watching in your office when he, when he hit it into the gallery and then has to hit it onto the green on a beautiful shot. And then everybody just goes nuts rushing the green. I'm like, you're going to trample this poor man. They almost trampled his partner, Brooks Kepka. But that was amazing to watch. I was, I stopped at when they made the turn at the ninth hole. I stopped the, the, the TV because I had to go to celebrate 5.30 mats. And I picked it up, I think, three hours later and left my phone off. Nice. You were texting me, and I wasn't even responding to your texts. And you wanted what, to know nothing I about I wanted it. to know. Thankfully, no one cares about that. No one wants I me. Mean, they were texting me about you know, th- thankfully the Marlins game was over, but I watched that, sat down, watched it from the the 10th hole to the, and I was nervous, like, is he going to win this? Is he going to win this? Because everybody loves Phil Mickelson. It's a great story. 50 years old. Um, you know, as I'm getting older, there's promise that my there's golf hope. game may, may improve. But, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I doubt that. But anyway, so, so many things. The Heat play tonight. The Panthers will finish their season tonight. We'll pull a Duvall on them. There we, we hope. We hope we we're, hope we pull we're, hope we're, we're pulling that back with the clown music. <laughs> ah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Panthers. Are, here, here's your, here's your, here's your clip for next week. The Panthers gave a great run, but tonight the, the, you know, the lightning overpowered them. I have to, I have to call and 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 eat crow with my cousin in Tampa, and you know, because the Panthers they stink. They're not going to make it out of this round. There's your clip for next week, and play the clown music. I'll be happy to sit through that. So, a lot of things going on, and um, we really. I want to thank everyone who came to Mass yesterday. I want to thank everybody who uh, participated. You know, our, our, our attendance keeps growing. This weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Please go to church. If you're going out of town, please be safe. Find a church near you. Go to Mass. It's the Feast of the uh, Solemnity of the Holy Trinity. You know, go to Mass because it is important. And uh, programming note, we will not be posting. You, you tell them because I don't know when you're going to plan to do this. Next week. I, I, we we hope to record Tuesday uh, tentatively. So so we, next week will be Tuesday morning homilists. Right, but we will talk we about hope. we will talk about the the uh, 
we'll talk about the piece, the Salmini of the Holy Trinity. We'll talk about the homily and and get into a little bit, maybe a little bit Memorial Day and and uh, eulogize the Panthers even more, even more. Okay, but but please, if you're traveling, so you can please stay safe through Memorial Day weekend, long weekend, and uh, and uh, please go to church. MassTimes.org always has the Mass Times wherever you may be. MassTimes.org, just put in the zip code or put in the city you are anywhere in the world. It'll tell you where the nearest mass are. Masses are, especially if you're in Disney, go to Mary, Queen of the Universe. They have it there. And why would you go to Disney on Memorial Day weekend? No, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so let's bring it back home and um, let's pray that sequence again because I think it's it's important. And I invite you, look it up, the Veni Santa Spiritu, just Google Pentecost sequence. It'll come up and meditate upon that this week. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come, and from your celestial home, shed a ray of light divine. Come, Father of the poor, come, source of all our store. Come within our bosoms shine. You of comforters the best, you the soul's most welcome guest. Sweet refreshment here below. In our labor, rest most sweet. Grateful coolness in the heat. Solace in the midst of woe. O most blessed light divine, shine within these hearts of yours and our inmost being fill. Where you are not, we have not. Nothing good indeed or thought, nothing free from taint of ill. Heal our wounds, our strength renew. On our dryness, pour your dew. Wash the stains of guilt away. Bend the stubborn heart and will. Melt the frozen, warm the chill. Guide the steps that go astray. On the faithful who adore and confess you evermore, in your sevenfold gift descend. Give them virtue's sure reward. Give them your salvation, Lord. Give them joys that never end. Amen. Alleluia. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.